For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Everything's fine and uh, not in the way that we normally mean it, where it's not actually fine. Everything is fine, but. Julie, fine? Yeah. It's just, it's been a very hectic morning where uh, I thought that my daughter Grace went off to camp and everything would be fine and I'd just pick her up in the afternoon. And then I got a call from Ashley saying Grace fell 15 feet on her back and we got to take her to the hospital. My God. Uh, and so we went through all that and everything, and everything ends up being fine. No major injury. It's incredible with little kids and babies how – fragile and durable they are at the same time <laughs> no it's uh they got the they got the new models on the bodies you know because they're so new and they're so like malleable right it can bounce right back right i do think i think there is something that we said of like being injured as a kid or even a young person like most people, when they tear an Achilles, they're like, all right, I'm done. No more athletic activities for me. Mm-hmm. But when I tore mine, I was 18. And so yeah. like, when I tell people I still hoop, I still run and all that other stuff, they're like, what, how? I'm like, I was 18. And everything kind of goes back to normal. Yeah, I've had tendonitis for like four months now in my knee. So it's it gets different as you get into your late 30s, unfortunately. <laughs> I also have the great fortune today of, uh, and this is just between us and the audience, I guess, because we're about to start the show. Uh, I lost all my notes. For, for I, like the show? Yes. Yeah. I don't know where they are. I, lo- I just spent the last half hour tearing through my entire house looking for them. So we're going to wing it today. That would have been a... Uh... <laughs> You text me a lot of things, but I did not get the, hey, I don't have anything today on today's show. <laughs> I didn't find it. I, I looked all over and I could not find uh, all of the wonderful things that I had that I was going to share today. So welcome to a very unprepared sports adjacent, everyone. Well, hopefully maybe it'll be prepared if my co-host Russ Dorsey has some things in mind. He's got this nervous look on his face like he does not. And (laughs) I can already tell you with absolute certainty, more sure than I've been of anything in my entire life, that our producer, Tony Gill, does not have anything prepared or ready for us today. Hey, Russ. 
Uh, what is going on? <laughs> I uh, I'm looking over my notes and I'm just trying to figure out where things go. But I mean, it's cool. Everything's fine. And uh, <laughs> I think that's been the theme of today's show. Um, Tony, what do you honestly, think about a clip show? Huh? Can listen, you just pull I, up some highlights here. <laughs> right, like let's run the highlight of the best of sports adjacent. Let that right. roll for an hour. Right. Uh, Russ, I, you know what he would do too. You know it would be twenty-five minutes of only things that he has said, or things that we told him to cut out that we will. Oh yes, right. By. He's like, oh, you know, Jason had to take his daughter to the hospital today. Russ is in God knows where. I don't even know where you are. are you in St. Louis I or New York? St. Louis um, okay. on our sports adjacent tour. Yeah. So I want to show you guys this behind me. You have a Russ has a not just a pool table in his hotel room, but a like really nice looking great Gatsby style pool table. It's silver and gold. The felt is black. Am I saying yes. that correctly? Yes. Where are you staying, man? This is this is instantly the coolest hotel room I've ever been in. Okay. So I get I'm flying from Phoenix to St. Louis on Monday, Monday morning flight and Phoenix gets delayed. It's a 745 flight. It's one of those where they say, oh, okay, um, we have a slight delay. They're fixing it. We'll be out of here in no time. And then like 30, I go to sleep because obviously it's early and I wake up and we still hadn't moved. Mm. And so the, I knew it was like borderline bad when you like see the captain and he makes an announcement to the, the plane. Like, Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, for the delay. We have blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so apparently they did some with an oxygen tank. And I'm like, all right, this is not good. So I was thinking we'd have to get off the plane. They they ended up getting it. It was fixed. But I was late getting to St. Louis. Yeah. And there was a game that night. So I was mad because I'm like, I'm going to have to rush, put my stuff down, take a shower, get dressed, do all these things. And so and I get to the hotel Everybody, the lady at the desk was so like weird and not like weird in a bad way, but she was like, do you need anything? I'm going to get you a drink real quick. And normally like I check in and it's one, two, three operation. But she was like, I I think they're I think they finished preparing your room. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I'd hope they're prepared. I mobile checked in like two days ago. And she was like, all right, everything's all set up. Here's your keys. I'm going to walk you to the elevator. And I'm just like. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call down to the desk or if you want to come down here yourself, that's fine. So I get up to the top floor of the hotel I'm staying and there's a set of double doors on one side of the wall and it's the only door on that side of the hallway. And I'm just like, this is odd. So I put the key in, I open the door and I, there's like marble tile. And then I see a couch, like a large L-shaped sectional. Uh-huh. Like, and at this point, you're like, well, where's my room? Right. I was just right. like, is did they? Is this like the lounge? Like, did I yeah. walk into the... So then I turn, there's a nice TV, big open, uh, like wide windows, mm-hmm. floor to ceiling. And then I just see this pool table in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is insane. But right. so then you keep walking and then like the bedroom's back there and then there's a really nice bathroom in there, but cool dude this this place is crazy i've been going crazy very nice yeah who who has pulled up that's what this podcast is about that's all we care about that's all you pulled up 
Listen. to the famous Russ Dorsey <laughs> the Russ Dorsey room. I'm not uh I'm not gonna say on this podcast who's pulled up the Russ Dorsey room. It's is it that chaotic you have to keep like an appointment book or <laughs> no <laughs> in St. Louis? Stop it. Stop it. So Tony, Tony's uh filler material as uh I am scrambling to deal with a family medical situation and Russ is just like lost in a wonderland of his hotel room is gonna be to just see if oh they're distracted. I'm just gonna sneak through all the things they told me I couldn't put in over the last four months. Absolutely. That's I mean, that's that would be probably our most downloaded episode ever. What the name drop episode? <laughs> and it would be our last episode that ever gets downloaded, Tony. <laughs> Can you do? Can you do some producer work for me? I hate to ask you to uh, do your job or the, yeah, you know, sure, the thing we pay you to do. No can problem. you just like? Can you scribble out the list of things that I that you already know we're not going to get to on today's show, and uh, just try to end it with one thing that's wacky and then some weird animal news? <laughs> I don't want to give away the formula, <laughs> but if you could just step away for about nine minutes and take care of that tony that'd be fantastic uh, while we're going through this chaotic start to our show i just want to let everybody out there that this podcast that you're listening to is sponsored by obvious shirts yes. our fine sponsor uh go to obviousshirts.com check out all the wonderful shirts they have over there including uh the sports adjacent collection which no, i got beef yeah like i got, I got beef with you sports adjacent. Tony, i don't want you taking let let don't, russ wait, do yeah. tony let, don't do this please don't, don't do this. this no no no, no. This russ is, and no I talk shut about. up shut up tony no please, i, I want to talking about our corporate partner to me and I, russ can i say on out to our our wonderful listeners who bought our collection no, before no. you go on your rant about how you didn't get a shirt because you didn't get a shirt Mm-hmm. But I want to say thank you to everybody out there that bought our sports adjacent collection over at Obvious Shirts. We sold out. We'll have more shirts up soon, and we'll let you know when that is happening. But thank you so much. In the meantime, if you want to buy shirts from Obvious Shirts, uh, you can get 10% off and free shipping using promo code ADJACENT10. That's promo code ADJACENT, number one, numeral zero. And before Tony complains about somehow not being able to buy a T-shirt that was available for the entire world to buy right. for a he long had time. time, like and you got and, money, uh, so like and it's he, your fault. And, yes, and you knew before anyone else when they went up. Uh, you can actually find out for yourself when they're coming back, Russ, because they have a thing on there. If you go to the shirt that you want and type in, and there's a thing that says "Notify me when this is back in stock." You can put in your email address. And they'll send you an email for any of the shirts. Go ahead, Tony. Tell everybody why you were unable to buy a shirt that had your name on it, literally. Mm-hmm. And you knew when it was going to be available. That's you right. also could have used our promo code adjacent10 to get mm-hmm. 10% off and free shipping. Like you had all the inside information mm-hmm. and you're talking about it now as if, you know, you you read it in a, in a letter that Russ wrote you and sent in the mail that got there a week late. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports adjacent listeners. Um, I didn't get a shirt because of you guys. Like, I went there on a couple of occasions. So I'm like, okay, something must be like wrong. Like last week. Yeah, something must be wrong. You know, my internet must be out or something. Uh, so I went to buy a couple of the Everybody Loves Tony Gill shirts to come to the fact that literally everybody does love Tony Gill, apparently, because I couldn't get a shirt. And I'm very upset about that. I was going to get one for my girlfriend because she loves Tony Gill, for my mom because I know she loves Tony Gill, and for myself because, of course, I love Tony Gill. Um, And I can buy a shirt. So, yeah, screw you guys. 
So Tony comes on his podcast, has come on this podcast every day since we started in March and has talked about how great he is and how much people love him. Mm-hmm. But he's upset that people love him too much. They love him too much mm-hmm. and they bought all the merch. That's right. I'm not doing this with you today, Tony. Uh, Jason, can you believe this this ridiculousness that is one Tony Gill today? Like he's on one. Like I can't believe that he wants people to love him, but is upset that people love him too much. It's my fault. I had a 10 minute monologue about dogs I was going to do today and it's all gone. And this is what we have instead. You're welcome, listeners. So I, I don't hear- know what he's upset about. Let's find out. All right. Tony's upset about the NBA finals, which is in a way totally unexpected yet totally predictable because he finds a problem with anything that the rest of the world seems to like. Uh, let, let's just get into this, Tony, because I don't know what this is. You Wait, made passing reference start, to this. I don't know why people, he's upset. Inform the people about that the Bucks won the final, all that good stuff. Yeah, we're recording this. So that's part of our haphazard nature today. And thank you, Russ, for um, guiding me back on track to do my res- my professional responsibility as a co-host today. I appreciate that. Uh, and I may need more of that in the following 45 minutes. If Got you to. Just, just all I need you to do is think for your own self, uh, think for Tony, because that's part of every week, and then just partially kind of keep an eye on me. So be the adult. Gotcha. For all three of us, be three adults right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we we pushed this as late as we could because do you know what we would have had? To, let's before we get to Tony, I want to talk about uh, Plan B that I had that you don't even know about, Russ. For if oh. we had not been able to push this recording back to include the NBA Finals, because you guys at home understand this would have looked really dumb if we recorded this. Monday or Tuesday, we usually record on Tuesday, game six, of the NBA finals was Tuesday night, the Bucks won, uh, but then it doesn't come out till Thursday morning. So you would have gotten this Thursday morning uh, with zero reference whatsoever to whatever happened in game six. We would have been hoping there'd been a game seven just so that somebody team didn't win a championship uh, for us to omit. But Giannis and Tentacumpo, 50 points in the game, uh, in the final game, game six, they went four in a row to win four, two. I was really happy by the way that he got 50 Russ, because he was sitting there. I thought he had 49 and they showed a graphic on TV that showed that said he had 47, which I think was incorrect. And I'm like checking my phone. I'm like, Oh, how great would it be for this guy to get 50? And I see he does have 49, but it's getting down to the end. It's going to be all free throws. There's no way he is going to end up with the ball in his hands during free throw time. And then he did. Yeah. And he made one of two. What did he finish free throw wise? It was really good. Was it like 16 17, of 17 of 19. He for did fantastic. I was so happy for 49% him. 49% free throw percentage. But you know what we were going to do if we had to record this beforehand? I think we were going to just let my plan was to let us kind of set up takes that we were going to deliver and uh, then let Tony dub in whatever he wanted as our opinions based on because he would re, he would be editing it after game six, we'd be recording it before game six. So I would say something like Russ, I I can't believe it, but I just, I think that the whole series turned around on the Phoenix suns and then let him put Tony will insert something there. And then you react, you react horrified and shocked. Go ahead. I can't believe that you said that because obviously this is really where the series turned when Giannis scored a bunch of points. You really think so? I mean, it shocked me when I saw Chris Middleton also score a lot of points. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This is funny. My like, favorite, fun. my favorite, favorite part of the whole series, Russ, and you're not going to believe this was when Giannis dunked. 
But yeah, I couldn't believe that that happened because right leading up to that play, Chris Paul fell down. That's all we can put in because it's going to require too much creativity from Tony. He's got to come up with like 10 things to dub in there now already. No. Anyway. It worked better out that we just waited. I loved this series. Well, it would be interesting to listen to this in post and see what he puts in there. He's going to say the whole series. He's going to have me say something like the whole series turned on Frank Kaminsky, probably. Um, I was very pleased with this series. People were complaining about it early on. The first three games were not very good, not very interesting. Game four, you got a close game. Close and good is not always the same thing, but it was at least dramatic and close. And then all the games after that were good. I thought game five was really good. Game six was really good. It was very interesting. I was very glad to see Milwaukee win. I mean, uh, Malika Andrews was pointing this out last night that you just don't see a lot of guys, a lot of teammates spend eight years together like Giannis and Chris Middleton and build something like that and then finally get there instead of it just being this fruitless pursuit. Like we've seen from the Bulls a lot where they've put these teams together that kept building and building and building and never quite got over the hump. What are you upset with Milwaukee about, Tony? Because everybody is celebrating this. Everybody loves happy, lovable, graceful, joyous Giannis Antetokounmpo and the entire city of, uh, city of Milwaukee and state of Wisconsin celebrating him. And you're upset because what? Yeah, two things. Uh, one, two I'm, things. Being, I'm being a hater because I, okay. I support Because you're Tony Gill. Got it. Chicago. Um, and the city is just too close to Chicago and people like make frequent trips back to Chicago when they live in, in Milwaukee. And it's like, no, stay in Milwaukee. You want to live in Milwaukee? Just stay in Milwaukee. That's really uh, harsh. Wait a minute. Why? Why? So if you, you think if someone moves to Milwaukee, what if they have like a sick parent that lives there or they get a really great job offer there or they get traded there or something like that, or they go to college there or they meet a lovely a woman from there and get married this and move up. This there. Is, Why, this what, what, you this want? Is so if you leave, no facts once right you're now. out, you're out. Like all feelings, no facts right now, Jason. All feelings, no facts. All right. So you're the most irrational person I know. It, it, it's too close. To, and I'm I'm hating. I'm really big hating. Like all right, Cleveland, they got their championship. Obviously, LeBron. You know, it's LeBron. So of course they're going to win one eventually. Um, now Milwaukee has one post Jordan. Who's next? Detroit. Indiana, they do. They are going to get like, Kate Cunningham in right. the draft. It's so. like it's so it's so whack that you know after running the division, specifically the Central Division in the Eastern Conference, after running the NBA for so long uh, with Jordan, that Cleveland and now Milwaukee both have NBA championships before the Bulls post Jordan, and I'm just hating on that right now. Like it, it, it sucks and. From what it seems like with Detroit about to get Cade and what they're building there, like it's possible that Detroit is becomes better. Indiana has already Hold been. Hold on a second, please. Hold, stop, please. Like, stop, please. Stop. Am I to? Am I to understand? I just need to clarify this, Tony. Mm-hmm. Am I to understand that you are pre mad mm-hmm. about the upcoming Pistons dynasty? Yes. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm hearing this right. Go ahead. All right. And my second thing is. Now, to his credit, he won a championship. He can do whatever he wants now. But him talking about like Giannis, of, you're saying yeah, Giannis. Giannis, um, of super teams and trashing it, like he really should watch his step. No, because this was an odd no, year. This no, was a should. weird year. He won. If Kevin Durant wore a normal size shoe, they would have fired his coach and blew up that team anyway. But Just a half an inch would have ended his entire. Milwaukee Bucks life 
Uh, and next year, the full weight of the NBA and those super teams are going to crash down on him. There is you know no what? way the NBA is going to allow the Milwaukee Bucks to go to the NBA Finals again. This, no is, my res- this is my response, Tony. It doesn't matter. None of it, what you said matters because they won it. That dude is now a two-time MVP, defensive Ash- player of the year, most improved player, and finals MVP and NBA champion. You can't tell him anything. So, like, if there was a night where he could go off and say whatever he wanted, it was last night when he won the title. He yeah. put up a 50 ball in a closeout game six. Like, yeah, there's nothing he didn't do. Agree, agree. But still, wait till next year, buddy. I hope you enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy yeah. it while it lasts. Because yeah. when the Brooklyn Nets are back and Atlanta gets better and LeBron comes back, Say, I hope you enjoy that one championship. Let's keep sir. it up. Can I keep it a buck about the Brooklyn Nets, though? Yes. It ta- they it has to be too perfect for them to, like, win. You know what I mean? Like, they have to have three guys all clicking on all cylinders. Everybody in that locker room has to, like, they can't have no drama. Like, it just seems like it, it's going to take, like, the perfect season for them to, like, win the title. It could happen, but it just... It's not as simple as like KD and uh, I mean, um, AD and LeBron, where it's like, all right, we'll know they're probably going to be in at least the Western Conference Finals. With Brooklyn, it's just like those guys get hurt a lot. There's drama a lot of the time. Maybe somebody just don't want to play. Like, there's always stuff with Brooklyn. So you never. I know. mean, it but- was it, it it was all fun and games, you know. This year, it's cool. Like they did the same thing with with Kawhi, right? Where they tried to anoint Kawhi as you know best player in the world until it got real. So yeah, this is this is fine. You know, you win one, do it again. Some guys have again. none. Some do guys have none, Tony. You know that. Like some of the greatest players in the history of the game have zero. You know what he's gonna you do? Think Russ? Chuck wouldn't have wanted a year where Mike got hurt and he could just say, oh, "I won a title." Every right. all these guys over here get building super teams when like Mike could just say, "I didn't even play." You didn't even have to go through me. Right. I think Chuck would be happy to have a, a ring like this. And that's how history will remember it, by the way. Exactly. There will be no asterisk on this 10 years from now. Uh, uh, do you know what do you know what Tony will do if they do win it again, Russ? Do you know what his do you know what I, I'm reading the Tony playbook right he's here? He's gonna burn a car in Milwaukee. No, it'll be go ahead, win a third. Win a third, prove it. You know, anybody can win two and he's gonna be like, win, win a third. six. Yeah. Huh? Uh, by the way, the worst takes on the 2021 NBA finals that you have ever heard in your life from Tony Gill are brought to you by obvious shirts. You can go on there and sign up with your email address to be notified as soon as an everyone loves Tony Gill shirt becomes available again, because I'm sure everybody wants one after that. Please, Russ, I you... want everybody to buy one of those shirts so Tony doesn't get one the second time. Oh, gosh, I would love that. Better not. Great. Better not. A second wave of them and he gets shut out again. Sidebar from our finals talk. Tony, I literally sent you guys the link before I even we even put it out to the public. I think everyone assumes that, Russ. I, I don't think we need to we, – we, you and I keep arguing this like we're, uh, you know, putting forward a case in court when I'm sure that anyone who has ever listened to five minutes of this show before knows clearly that Tony did this to himself. When you went into the finals, Russ, you were saying that you didn't – weren't really rooting for either team. You wanted a good series. Mm-hmm. I would say that you got that. You got a good series. Did you Absolutely. find yourself though? Because sometimes I think that when I'm watching a game, I think I don't care who really wins. I'm not, I don't have a vested interest in this Super Bowl or in an NBA final series. And then when it gets down to the final minutes and one team is losing, I, it, I, that's when I realize, oh man, I really wanted, I really want to see this team pull it off. Did that happen for you at any point where your heart kind of shifted a little bit and you're like, boy, I really want to see 
Giannis get this, or I really want to see Phoenix get back into it and turn things around. No, I think every game of the series, it was exactly like when I said I, I'm rooting for good basketball, it wasn't the cop out. It was like, I really love basketball. And like to see each of these games besides the first one where Milwaukee got blown out, where every game came down to the final five minutes of the game. Like that's exactly what I wanted. Um, and I think after <laughs> Phoenix jagged the lead uh, in game three, I think last night was when I was just like, all right, Giannis, close this thing out. Like he's, he had legendary performances throughout the finals, back-to-back 40 balls after we didn't even know he was going to play in the NBA finals. I think that's right. got lost in all of this. Like we didn't even think, we thought his season was over like a week ago. Um, and then for him to come back and put up what 35, 15 and five in the, yeah, 35, 13 and five in the series and yeah. then put up a 50 ball and shoot basically 90% from the line when that's been his issue, the entire series, the entire playoffs um, and knock down that many free throws in a closeout game six, like a legendary performance. And to be honest, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that might be one of, if not the best finals performance ever. The you totality know? of what he did in six games. No, I mean or like last night. The last uh, night might six. be the most yeah. the best um individual performance in a finals game. Like Mike 45 in the closeout in Utah, uh Magic, his rookie season when he uh played center when Kareem Abdul Jabbar got hurt. Uh I think it was like 45, 17, and nine or ten. Um that's up there. Like that's we're gonna look back on that yeah. play or that game as a legendary performance. We're going to look at his f- series as one of the legendary performances, um, especially that block. You know, the, he had a couple. One in, wasn't in, I think one was in game two and the, the great one was in game, uh, or one was in game three and the great one was in game four on DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this, Giannis was already on a Hall of Fame trajectory and he was going to get there, two-time MVP. But this kind of puts him in that like, next tier right not only does he have there's not a lot of guys that have two mvps he's the only player in history to have an mvp defensive player of the year most improved uh nba finals and a finals mvp and so yeah this like takes him up when we look back on this dude's career we're gonna be like yo this is one of the all-time greats like dirk right now is the best international player ever tony you agree with me on that one i think he likes marketing uh, Hakeem. Oh, Hakeem. I I always forget because Hakeem played he played college college here. here. Yeah. But like, yes, if you put Hakeem up there, but I think we're gonna look at Giannis and be like, I mean, he's in that top three with Hakeem and and Dirk as one of the best international players to ever play basketball. I found myself rooting for him and for Chris Middleton too, and I do hope you know Chris Middleton ends up playing for the Olympic team. We, I I wouldn't be surprised if anybody that was in the finals opted out of that at this point because they're just exhausted and beat up. But uh, Middleton and Giannis are unique stories, not only in the fact that they've been together this long and been through a lot together basketball wise, but neither of them was great when they arrived. Neither of them was Giannis won a most improved player. You have to be pretty bad the year before to win a most improved player. That doesn't usually go. LeBron doesn't have one. LeBron doesn't have one. Like if you could be Curry like a, one you year. could be a good player and go to a great player and win most improve. But there were there were a few years there at the beginning of his career he was not 
great. He's I think a project. He went, they drafted he went him fifteenth in yeah. his draft. I mean, he really had to progress and work, and so did Middleton. And, and by the way, if you're rooting for Giannis, if you, I, I I don't have any concern either way about the Milwaukee Bucks, but I was rooting for Giannis in the series. If you're rooting it for him, man, every free throw adventure is excruciating. Every single one of those, you're like. Oh my gosh, please, buddy, please make one. And when you say, when you talk about him taking over at the end of game six, when I saw him making all his free throws, I felt like he was there. And that might not be fair because I think if he really could focus in more and control it that way, he probably would have already done that. But he looked like when there was five or six minutes left in that game, game six, I, it seemed like Giannis was not going to let that fall apart. Right. That he single-handedly, he, and you don't see that from him a lot at the end of games. At least I don't. I don't see him really take over and dominate at the end of games. He, there's a lot of passing off at the end of games for him. But offensively and defensively, he was everywhere. And I don't know how many minutes he ended up playing in that game. I'm guessing it was probably about 44 out of 48. He was just not going to let them lose. And I, I, I loved seeing that force of will at the end of the game for him. I remember watching an early the early days of Giannis before like most improve or maybe after he got it and it was still kind of Jabari's team. I guess they were mm-hmm. trying to build around Jabari Parker. Jabari and OJ Mayo. <laughs> they were uh, Yeah, they were uh at NBA TV, they uh would broadcast some of the practices like during summer during training camp on television. Uh and I was watching it and I'm like I don't think Jabari's better than Giannis. And they were still, like, running things through Jabari and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this is going to switch fairly quickly. And then, like, soon after that, like, it just kind of switched where it's like, no, it's this dude's team, and it's not Jabari's team anymore. Um, But, yeah, like, what Milwaukee did was weird. Like, I mean, it's crazy how this stuff works out. Like, Budenholzer was just about to be fired, and now they can't fire him. Yeah, you can't fire him. (laughs) It's 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 funny how that stuff ends up happening. He must have known they were going to win because he actually looked somewhat put together in that game. I think the black, I think the Budenholzer, maybe the black shirt helped him a little. He always looks very haggard. Confused. Yes. He always looks like he just woke up. His hair's a mess. His shirt is kind of rumpled and untucked. And uh, he's just like distraught about whatever's going on. He actually looked like, He's normally very disheveled. Uh, game six, he looked very shoveled. I thought, and I don't, I don't, I don't think we mean that in a disrespectful way, way either. But no, I probably watch basketball and watch his butt on the sideline. Like he always, he's like a meme. Like he always looks like, what is going on here? <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't yeah. know what just happened. But no, nah, I, I think he's he's a good coach that was definitely on the hot seat. But yeah, his team did what they were supposed to do, and it saved his job. So and now he's a champion, Russ, just like Greg Popovich. Listen, and, and Phil Jackson and uh, and everyone else. I want to say the coolest part about the Bucks winning the finals is that this morning Giannis was on IG live. Oh, really? He was okay. at a uh, Chick-fil-A with his uh, his fiance. OK. And they're in line. And he tells the girl, he was like, um, excuse me, can do you mind if I put the camera on you? And so he puts the camera on the girl. He's like, there's one hundred fifty thousand people watching. And she was like, really? And then the, like the 18 year old girl taking the order. He's like, all right, can I get a 50 piece chicken minis? Not 49, not 51. Oh, 50. nice. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then the dude thought he was going to get Chick-fil-A for life because he just won the finals. So Chick-fil-A, I hope by the time this pod comes out, Chick-fil-A comes through and gives Giannis the, the Chick-fil-A for life. That would be cool. Whoa. 
Oh my God! Here you go. Stop Leave it, Tony. Tony. He's a gazillionaire. Pay for your Chick Fil A. Shut up. Give that to Tony. Yes, Russ. Do you want to hear some other thoughts uh, <laughs> that emerged from my brain and my and actually my daughter's brain? I wrote some of these down uh, during the NBA Finals. Oh sure. <laughs> my my seven year old da- daughter Anna uh, refers to Chris. I don't think she knows Chris Paul's name. She just calls him that basketball player from State Farm. <laughs> Disrespect. <laughs> That's who she thinks he is. He th- she thinks he's a, a, com- a television commercial actor who got to suit up for the Suns these past couple of weeks. By the way, Chris Paul is my age, and he's running around there, and Milwaukee doesn't have a single guy that can guard him. Not a single guy. I, what is P.J. Tucker doing out there trying to guard Chris Paul? Chris Paul was open all night in games. I six. mean, he didn't have – he had a good – Game one and game two, then he game three and four, he was like bad. Who be? Then five and six, he was all right. But uh, my my daughter also says Brooke Lopez looks like a Roman emperor. <laughs> Give that to her. Okay. That was that was he had a couple of dunks in that series, man. No, oh, yeah. He 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 came to life in in the finals. Uh this is my own thought. DeAndre Ayton looks every age. From 13 to 68 all at once. I don't know how he does it. That's he looks both like a child and a grandfather at the same time all the time. I take it by your laughter that you agree. Um, Frank Kaminsky scored, I think, did he have six points? Did he finish with six points? He had six points, uh, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. And he looks surprised every time one of his moves works. <laughs> He had some kind of spin move into the paint and he then he missed the shot because I think he was just so shocked to find himself open that he had shook whoever was guarding him. Um, and Mike Breen sounded surprised, too, when he yelled out Frank Kaminsky, six points. <laughs> yes. You know, the story of, of uh, the draft of Frank Kaminsky. I remember covering that draft and I uh, I think he went ninth and the Heat were picking 10th. Mm-hmm. And the Heat wanted Justice Winslow from Duke so badly. Mm-hmm. And they were so sure that Michael Jordan was going to take Winslow the pick before them or two picks before them, whatever it ended up being. And uh, he took Kaminsky. Is that the story or do you have something yeah, else? No, 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 that's the story. I don't think the audience knew Thank. the story that Michael Jordan thought people were coming up the draft to take Frank Kaminsky. Yes. So he grabbed him and it was like, all right, let's make a deal. Turning <laughs> down phone calls. And everyone's right. like, nah, I'm, we're good, bro. We got who we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Down here at 27. Thanks. I can picture Michael just answering the phone, calling about Frank. Answers no. Uh, Devin Booker went, what was it, 13th in that draft? I mean, he went after both of those guys. Mm-hmm. That, that's an interesting draft. I think Bobby Portis and Cameron Payne were both also in the first round of that draft, were they not? After Booker. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, uh, Tony, I wanted to ask you about that. I don't think I have any more really uh, interesting thoughts about the finals, except that, Russ, if you saw those 65,000 people outside the arena, I don't understand that. I, I have no interest in ever doing anything like that. And I wanted to check in with you, my friend, who could shoot straight with me and help me. Uh, is it because I'm old? that I want nothing to do with being out in a crowd of 65,000 screaming drunk people watching a game on TV, or is it because I am sane? No, I don't think you're crazy. Look, that's a lot of people. Like the, they had the deer district outside of Fiserv and each day or like they had a, 
game during the finals, they had about 30,000 people out there. Fiserv yeah. only holds 25,000, right? So the yeah. thing about 65,000, that's basically three times the amount of people that you can fit inside the arena were outside the arena. Um, and then they closed out the series in Milwaukee last night. Like, I have a couple of friends that live up there uh, that I went to college with, and they were sending videos to our group chat. And they're from, from outside from Milwaukee, the Milwaukee streets. OK. And none of those dudes have shirts on. And I was like, I know what time it is in Milwaukee tonight. So I don't <laughs> I w- wouldn't want any parts of that either. I think you that you're fine with your, your okay. thought process. Thank you. Uh, I saw that the fans, at least in Phoenix, I don't know if they were doing this in Milwaukee during the, the games that were in Phoenix, but la- but game six in Milwaukee, the fans in Phoenix were inside the Phoenix arena watching on TV. And I wouldn't necessarily choose to do that either, but at, at least that to me looks reasonable. That I that I would consider at least if somebody asked me if I wanted to go do that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to pay to watch stuff on TV. Like, as right. weird as like, I could just stay at home and I don't have to worry about parking or mm-hmm. food right. or, or thirteen dollar beers or anything right, like that, or, right. you know, or COVID, you know, or stuff like that. Like, no, nah, I can just, I can just watch TV at my house with my friends instead of strangers. Russ, did you hear when Jeff Van Gundy said that uh, Anthony Fauci would be cringing during the shots of those 65,000 people gathered out there? Pretty much. I don't know if I saw any masks at all. Uh, did you catch that part? It was a little awkward on the broadcast. I didn't remember hearing that part, but I would not be shocked if it was said. And it probably was super awkward, but he was it not was, wrong. It was. That's why it was awkward, because it was true. <laughs> um, Tony, the thing I wanted to ask you about that's Bulls related here is you see two really, really good teams in the Suns and the Bucks, And you see Bobby Portis and Cameron Payne playing very important roles for those teams. Neither of them was a star. By the way, Russ, I don't think they planned on interviewing Bobby Portis at the podium after the game. He was great in that series. Like he was, but he I don't think they, of- I don't think he was scheduled to make an appearance for the uh, <laughs> interviews there next to Middleton and I, I, I don't think know, he man. scheduled the, himself for that. The only reason I think he was because they love him in Milwaukee. Like after Giannis and Chris Middleton, he might be the third most beloved player on that team. So maybe they were just like, you know what? Let's get Bobby Portis up here so the fans can scream and chant Bobby. So maybe, perhaps. Uh, Tony, why do you think those guys have were able to be quality contributors on really good teams and neither of them was really anything for the Bulls? Um, I think it just speaks to more of the environment that the Gar Pax Bulls had. Um, you The credit that you can give at least Gar, because I don't know how much scouting that John did, but Gar has the scouting background. Uh Guard can spot some talent. Um, and obviously everything doesn't work, but I mean, his views on campaign came to fruition with Phoenix. Uh, when they selected Bobby Portis, I didn't like the pick when he was drafted. Uh, but you see what Bobby can do uh, on a in a winning situation the environment was just extremely toxic in Chicago for a long time. Uh, training, like all of that, the the thoughts about, you know, tanking. And if you don't handle tanking well as an organization, it's going to ruin players. Uh, it's going to have players feel defeated. Like 
I was this player in college. Why am I a perpetual loser at this level? Um, if you don't handle that correctly, I'm not saying tanking is bad because teams have benefited from tanking, but if you don't handle it well enough, you're going to have a, a roster full of, full of losers with a losing mentality. And that's the fine line that you play with in terms of getting top tier talent. But it was all about the environment, Jason. And if you don't have the proper environment to have player development and winning culture be a theme and a constant reminder, you're not going to get things that you expect from the talent that you drafted or the talent that you acquired. And when you put those same players in different environments of winning culture of accountability on all levels, it's, it, you get a different result. And I think that's what Phoenix got with campaign. And I think that's what the bucks got from uh, Bobby Portis. Especially Bob, man, like Bob was not a bum. Like he was sec player of the year, his last year, at Arkansas. So like, this is a right. dude who had talent that could play. And, like, think of all the coaches that Bobby had when he was with the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he finally got around some good coaches. He got up with a coaching staff in Milwaukee that had one of the best player development staffs in in, in basketball. Look what they did with Chris Middleton and Giannis and some of the guys they brought in there, uh, guys like Pat Connaughton. You know what I'm saying? So, like, guys who played roles and played roles well and learned how to fit around superstars – uh, and other star players. And so now nah, shout out to them for, for getting those opportunities, you know, somewhere else where, you know, maybe other teams like, ah, nah, those guys aren't good. Cause they were bad in Chicago and they found the right fit, you know, fit. The fit is everything. I think you're right about that. And especially in terms of the personnel that they're playing with and how different that is for Cameron Payne in Phoenix and for Bobby Portis in Milwaukee, where, both of those guys all along, especially where they were picked. I mean, you can, you can find a star. You can find a star in the second round. Chris Middleton was a second round pick, but the chances are pretty low after you get past maybe the seventh pick in most draft classes. And so Cameron Payne and Bobby Portis probably all along could have been solid, dependable role players could have been Bobby Portis can be your seventh best player. But when you draft him 22nd overall and you're the bulls and you want him to be your second best player, that's just, that's asking too much. That's that's asking him to carry something that he's not going to be able to do. When you put him on a team that has a bunch of other players where he can play off the bench, he can, he, the pressure is not all on him. He's playing against backups a lot of time as part of that second union unit. That's an atmosphere where Bobby Portis could thrive and Cameron Payne could thrive. Russ, you know what I'm disappointed in the Phoenix Suns by? They didn't break the glass in case of emergency. What's that? Russ knows what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're. T- I don't though, and I and I can't possibly be the only one listening to you that doesn't know. What was it? Uh, there was a, a story that came out about the Phoenix Suns uh, last year uh, about a, a team activity that they decided to uh, engage on um, that seemed to had helped them in the bubble uh, in terms of being a cohesive unit, uh, and they didn't do that. It doesn't seem like uh, this time. Russ, why do you look so upset? And I think that's a big reason why they know what team activity is. And (laughs) I hate that Tony be including me on these things. Like, (laughs) Tony just be including me on these things. Yeah, he does do that. He does. He does pull you in unwillingly a lot of times when he's about to say something inappropriate. He'll he's building up to whatever thing he's going to refer to, and I can only guess what he's talking about because I did not catch that story a year ago. But he likes to start it by Russ knows what I mean. 
which yeah. you probably do, but you don't necessarily want to be attached to, to whatever's coming if, next. I'm trying to decide if it's okay to share this. Uh, I don't. Nah, man, we not TMZ. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Just look up Phoenix Suns. Um, team activity, IG model. I have a question that I need clarification on, and this is not intended to be funny. This is because I need to know as I'm out in the world, uh, when you say fam, is that a positive or a negative? Me personally, Russell, I keep hearing, I keep hearing fam used in a, in both ways. I mean, fam has a, a lot of meanings. Fam could mean like family short for, um, yes. Fam is also a term that you can use to, express disgust right that's what i was thinking because tony uh prefaced something very angry to rachel nichols with fam and then i was like wait a minute does that mean a good is that in term of endearment or a, a negative term it could also be used as a term of endearment like if something really good happens in a like a group chat i can be like fam and it could be like it could be something really, really okay. good so, like, yeah, it just all depends on context. And then is there a derivation of it where it gets stretched out to family? And does that mean something different? Because I think I've heard Tony do that, too. Yes. Russ, if I don't ask these questions here, I have nowhere else to ask. Them. I said yes. <laughs> okay, well, tell me what it means. Well, first of all, Jason, you what does know, it mean when you stretch you know it out to family? Than, the original word to black people. So <laughs> I think you have people you can ask. You know what? Let's just go ahead and play what's that mean because okay. we're already there. I hope that's not one of them. And now it's time for What does that mean? What does that mean? With your host, Russell Dorsey. That's the thing. What are you talking about? And everybody's favorite contestant, Jason Leacher. I don't understand. Russ? Welcome to another edition of what's that mean the og version jason tried to do some twisted version with me as the contestant nobody likes that so we returned to- <laughs> you know who liked that do you know who liked that do you oh by the way uh bonus word you know what og means original gangster and it means yeah. like a mentor or, or uh, the way you're using it in this uh context would be like the, you know the original true form of the game good job i think you know who liked the spinoff who did your mother I'm, I'm not going there. Uh, hi, mom. I know you listen. I'm not being glib. That's true. No, it's cool. It's cool. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> I know. No, I know you weren't trying to like come at me. I know my mom is actually a listener of our podcast. <laughs> I know. And like, I tell you that I worry about that every week. Yeah, if you weren't my friend, I we you catch these hands. But like, I understand that she's an actual listener. <laughs> you guys know how the game's played. I'm gonna give Jason five words from pop yeah. culture and seeing if he knows uh what they mean where they derive from etc i'm sure uh, I do. we're gonna soft, start off pretty easy this week or what i would consider easy jason your first word is snack do you know what a snack is this is like uh this is like a weird version of the spelling bee you're presenting it like the spelling bee host i like that too like this i was a- watching scripts last week so <laughs> yes <laughs> that probably like this is academic theater that we're doing right now uh i'm gonna say it's a meal now before you finalize the air chart, i just want you to know you said that the word snack 
means meal, correct? Meal of food, yes. Jason, you are incorrect. Give him the, the buzzer, Tony. Jason, that's the actual definition of the word snack. We're looking for the pop culture definition of the word snack. The word snack means to be handsome or beautiful, good looking. Someone who refers really? to themselves as a snack. Wow. That means that they look good to them and to others. So wow. you're over one. It's all good. That was the easy one? Well, they were, we're going to find out that <laughs> it's going to get harder from here then. If, if that was the one that you didn't get, I, I had hope for you. On that note, we're going to number two. <laughs> Jason, what is a slap? A slap is an insult. Tony, you had multiple opportunities at this one and you failed at all of them. So a slap means that you're handsome. You're wrong again. Give him another one. Brazilian butt lift. I'm just trying all the ones I know. Just stop. A slap. You gave us the true definition. Once again, that is not how this game is played. You have to give us the hot. All right. All right, man. Definition. I don't need to lecture. I'm trying. I'm no, trying. you know why I got to lecture you? Because this is what you did last week. So now that you know how I feel. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now you know how it feels. <laughs> a slap could be, in terms of music, it's a really good song. Oh, okay. Or... If something is really good, whether it's a food or, or a beverage, yeah. you could say this slaps. And you like just, it's so good, it makes you slap your knee. Yeah, it, it no. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it as a verb or a noun. If it's a noun, yeah. you would right. music. If it's a verb, that would be like if something's really good. Okay. Over two. Um, not going well for you, sir. Uh, this is uh, one of Tony's favorites. Also, one of my favorites. Do you know what the definition of flued out is? Flued out? That's not grammatically correct, but that's how the kids say it. To be flued out. Means to be dressed extremely well. Oh. Anthony, and that's, uh, what, half of them, and that's let, what half of them mean, by the way, I think. I want you to let Mr. Gill know what uh, flued out means. So fluid out is when someone purchases your plane ticket to come see them so they can do adult activities. But that's a it, trick it, though, because it's that's not always what, adult activities, but yes, he's correct. So it basically means what the words mean what the words would mean if they were real words. What, like flown out? Well yeah, you guys keep uh, all right, fine. <laughs> Like the first two mean nothing like what the dictionary definition is. And then the third one isn't a real word. But if it was, it's actually like pretty close to what the dictionary definition would be. Well, that's why we, play. we don't make the rules. That's why we play the game, Jason. We don't make that's why we play the game. Actually, we kind of do make the rules, but it's OK. Um, over three, there's there's time to at least make this respectable, a respectable performance. Oh, uh, getting shut out is not the worst thing that could happen. In this. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is for you. No, getting shut out and then also canceled because one of my answers would be uh, would be the. Oh worst. yeah, that is the ultimate. Ah, yes. Over five with five strikeouts. Right. Yeah. Over five with six strikeouts next. Yeah, game. and then ejected right. from the game. <laughs> right. Number four. What does "say less" mean, Jason? It's one word. Say less. Mm, say less. One word? How is that one word? Like pay less? We don't. I mean, we don't make. We don't make the rules, Jason. We make the rules. Say less. Say less means to dance. Tony. Mm. 
is a rough it means report. to if it means to literally say fewer words and say less things that's gonna be very frustrating tony uh i guess it kind of means oh, come on <laughs> you can't overthink this game dude this is like russ it's like well, the whole thing is a mind bleep. The whole thing is over. It's like, <laughs> it is. This was the other way around. And I was like, all right, Russ, your next word is humidifier, if you know what I mean. And you're like, humidifier, does that mean? And then you say something horrible. And I'm like, nope, it means the machine that pumps, you know, water vapor into the air. <laughs> Good try, Russ. So the definition of say less. Everything you say, what it, every time you say the word, I'm thinking like, okay, whatever's the most obvious answer, that can't be it. So then the I have to think of this like, game is to get you to understand pop culture. So I think you should be watching, be on Urban Dictionary a lot more. I, think I should. Oh, trust me. I, I, that, but I, but if I did that, that'd be cheating. It feels like. Well, I wouldn't necessarily pick the ones that are on the site, but I'm just or go on TikTok, go on Instagram, do anything where young people are. Well, <laughs> actually, I don't want you to catch a charge. Don't do that. <laughs> um, that was questionable advice. I don't have a definition TikTok. of say less. So let's say. Tony, uh, I'm going, uh, me and Tony are out. And he was like, yo, my, me and my girl having a party, some of her friends are coming through. I would respond by saying, say less, which means you don't have to say nothing else or I'm down or whatever. That's what. Oh, okay. I like that one. I might use that. I like that. It's, 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 it's the equivalent of saying bet. Yep. It's a, it's a synonym for bet. Okay. I'm gonna stumble through that one probably the first times I first few times I try to use it, but I like that one. I want to use that one. So like, like if you're if you're if you're you text the group with me and Tony and you say, "Yo, I'm grilling this weekend," and both Tony and I will just say, "Say less." Got it. Oh for four, um, you have one shot at redemption, sir. And I know the word, and it's probably the hardest one on here, so I'm not hopeful. Um, is this like uh, is this like where you get like a half court shot to win the game, like? This would nullify the four misses that I had. This would be your uh, the story of your basketball dreams that you always tell, where like <laughs> the blowout and you hit the three at the buzzer. It didn't really matter. You just right. hit the three. Yeah, this would be that, but except you're on okay. the losing side of it. I, I'm. I feel like I'm always on the losing side of this game. Your last word, straightening. What does straightening mean? Noun or verb? Tony, can I, do you think we can give them both? <laughs> Straighten? Straightening. Straightening. Correct. With an apostrophe at the end. All right, yes, I got sir. it. Uh, it means like just walking real cool with a real cool vibe. Is this a bit? Well, the whole show is a bit, but no, I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of whatever I, I would guess that it is and then answer confidently. Tony, swing and a miss. It's that that solidifies an 0 for 5 for you, sir. Straightening popularized in a Migos song. Straightening means to straighten somebody out. Who are the Amigos? I'm not doing this with you. Straightening. <laughs> if I have an issue with you, Jason, and I'm say, all right, Jason just needs a little straightening. That means you know it's about to go down. Oh, okay. All right. That could also be used with catch these hands, except I don't have to say, I'm not saying, I'm not going to even say that. I'm just like, Jason could use a little straightener. And you know what time <laughs> it is. <laughs> One of my favorites. That is what's that mean? 
uh, where Jason Leisure just went over five. Still get paid though. So the name in image likeness rule has been in effect in the NCAA for about eh, two and a half, three weeks. And you already have a lot of college athletes all over the country getting sponsorships, getting deals, which is great. Um, I've always been a proponent of college athletes being paid um, for their name, image and likeness because the in for working has made a lot of money off of the backs of college students for a long time. And those college students didn't receive anything. I know a lot of people like, Oh, they're free tuition, room and board, all that. No, stop. Uh, They basically working a full-time job with overtime and didn't receive anything for it. So I think this is great. Um, One of the biggest uh, names in college football Nick Saban was speaking to the media recently and said that he, one of his main recruits quarterback, Bryce young, who who's coming in this year has already received a million dollars through NIL, which is crazy. A million dollars for an 18, 19 year old kid is insane. Um, It's great. Shout out to him. This kid's not even the starter yet. (laughs) Alabama and is already making that much money. So like, I can only imagine after some success, like where, and once people know like how big of a player he might be, what that number is. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I bring it up with you guys this week is cause I'm, I'm kind of concerned because while I love that this rules in place and while I love that college athletes are, you know, able to take care of themselves and families, et cetera, I'm concerned that like before now people are going to start taking advantage of kids where kids, maybe their families, if they don't come from much, see the dollar sign and say, okay, this person's going to offer me a hundred thousand dollars. And you're going to have people taking advantage of these kids that don't know any better, don't understand what the deals they're signing um, and all these things for the quick dollar and be tied into something years after they're out of school. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's my main concern with, you know, this, this new era of college sports is I'm fine with kids making money. Like that's, I'm cool with that. If, if they're yeah. working hard and like, if the school's gonna make all this money off of me, I should make some money off my own name that I was given at birth. Um, but I'm, I'm concerned that a lot of these kids, a lot of black and brown kids who might not understand this, people are going to try to take advantage of them. So that's, I think that's the thing I've been watching most as, you know, this rule has started to come into play. It's going to be the wild West for a few years. It's going to be totally unregulated, uh, just wild uh, recruiting and booster involvement, all these boosters who own the local car wash or the local Ford dealership or whatever. There's going to be a lot of, it's going to be fast and furious. And I don't know if I would have realized in the same situation at 18. And I don't know if these kids realize it, that they need, they need somebody who knows what they're doing, looking at all these things that they're going to sign and accept money for, because once you accept money from somebody, they usually want something in return. Right. Right. And, and I think, I think that's, I, that has to be the expectation 
Like you need an agent, don't you? I mean, you pretty much need an I agent. Don't, I don't know if what's going on here. Like, I don't know if kids are have agents now because this is where you would need that person. I don't know if they have managers. I don't know if there's a department at the school that's set up now for financial literacy and like all these different things. Like, I just don't know. And none of that yeah. part has been given to the public that none of that part has been as loud as the dollar amounts the kids are making Darren Ravel not tweeting that out. Like <laughs> yep, they're having this financial literacy course at Alabama for all these kids making all yeah. this, like that's not coming out. So um, I I'm, that's just my concern is like, I think this is great, but with that power of having the, the financial support behind your name and what you do and what you represent, I want kids to be able to have the knowledge and wherewithal to understand that, look, all money ain't good money. You know what I'm saying? And like every dollar amount that comes past you isn't something that you want to accept. I think it happens in real life too. Like you come across situations where it's like, "Mm, could I take this job? Sure. Is it necessarily beneficial for me long-term? No. So I'm going to decline. Like things like that happen. And I think for these kids, it's just like, dude, I'm 19 and somebody offered me 250 grand for to take pictures at their car wash or that their their car dealership. And that's all I have to do. And it's going to be 250 K in my bank account. Like that's yeah, I think that's an easy way where the kid sees the dollar sign. But I need somebody that's going to look at the fine print to make sure that these kids aren't getting taken advantage of. I'm also not a big fan, Russ, of Nick Saban's public fretting over how this is going to make things unequal when I'm thinking he was more than happy to put out there that Bryce Young is going to make a million dollars because that does nothing but good for Nick Saban in terms of recruiting. And especially a place like Alabama. I mean, it's just, it's one more reason to go there knowing that now you're going to have as good an opportunity there as any other program. I would think maybe if you went to USC, maybe if you're in a bigger market, uh, but it's going to be hard to beat the money you're going to make doing local things in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. And this is a new, like this, all this stuff is publicized now because the rules in place, but like boosters and people have been giving at least money for a long time. And I think Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. I think all these athletes that, you know, the, uh, the, the Terrell priors of the world, like all those guys, they deserve some type of apology because they basically paved the way for this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, but also I, uh, somebody told me a story a couple years ago, a friend of mine who had a best friend that played football at sec school before NIL, before all the rules were in place, he was at a, a booster's house for dinner. And he told the booster that he wanted, uh, a PlayStation four, not a house, not a house, no PlayStation four. But he just couldn't pay for one. What's that, like 500 bucks? Yeah, it's about 500 bucks at the time. And the booster goes, okay, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that you have that. Don't worry about it. And we'll get you and your teammates a couple. And so they send the kid a location behind a Walmart. And in a dumpster, in a trash bag, was $25,000. <laughs> So at least you don't have to go in the trash bag behind Walmart anymore. You can get your money up front. <laughs> you just write a check now. Yeah. Right. But that's crazy, man. Yeah. So, so for some, un, for some period of time, there was just 25 grand in cash in a bag in the dumpster at Walmart that someone could have stumbled upon. 
Yeah, they texted the dude like, "Hey, go to Walmart in a in the blank dumpster." Like it had the name of the dumpster. Uh, there's a bag. It'll have like something on it so you could identify it. And twenty five <laughs> grand in there. What would you do if you got that text? I'd be at Walmart picking up twenty five <laughs> grand. You would know exactly what it was. You wouldn't if if I said like, "Hey, go to Walmart and." Uh, you know, look in the dumpster. There's a bag in there. It's got your name on it. That's what you want to. That's what you want to find. Well, I wouldn't have it in a text message where like it was traceable. Like I want another way where you like come to my apartment or house and be like, "Hey, go to this place and your money's in the bag." Like I think having the trace of the message on the phone, I don't. I think that defeats the purpose. But yeah, look if 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 the booster's gonna. Talk to the go-between at the school and say, hey, Russ is 25K is at Walmart. I'm taking my ass to Walmart. Now these guys could do commercials for Walmart. Yes, they could. Making the same amount of money, probably. The Publix in Florida, there there'll be some deals out there, I'm assuming so. Well, I'm glad you brought Florida into the conversation because it should be in the middle of every conversation. And I promise you, when the really, really shady stuff starts happening, it will originate from there. <laughs> and you know what? I'm. Uh, I don't think this is done because I don't. I still don't think that this has corrected the situation. Um, I think the schools need to start paying them too. Like they skated past this, but the schools need to dedicate some of their funding towards their athletic program in terms of paying college athletes. That's who I really. Oh yeah. Pay. some kind of base stipend or right. salary something something all these schools need to, to to start paying them but i think that's the next step the the nil is is a great first step but the next step is for these schools to start paying too and reason number one for that russ, russ mentioned this and i russ i honestly think most people don't know this so i'm not saying this to be condescending in any way i think most people don't realize this it's it is more than a full-time job yeah this is like this is like an eight hour a day, six day a week during the season. Uh, and it's not just the season. I mean, there's full days of this during the offseason. There's very little time off. This is basically working full time while you're while you have a full credit load. And I, I never did that when I was in college. And that would have been a lot to ask. Even working part time while you're doing a full course load is difficult in college. My final project uh, when I was in school a couple of years ago, this was just four years ago um, when I was a senior at ORU was on this. And so mm. a good friend of mine who was on the baseball team, I followed him around for a day with a, a camera and I just shot his day from when he woke up at 5 a.m. going to get food at the cafeteria, um, going to do his first workout of the day at 6 a.m., trying to get shower, run to class, come back to the field at noon for their midday practice, get shower, get to class, come back to the school of uh, the, the field at three 30 for their regularly scheduled practice to then go get some food real quick, go to his final class at five o'clock before needing to get some dinner and, and go to study hall and finish homework. And by the time the day was over, it was like 10 30. You know what I'm saying? And he's still like not really starting all the work he needs to get done. So it's just like it's more than a full time job. Like it's 17 hour days. You know, these practices aren't short. It's not like 
Like these are strenuous practices um, to prepare world-class athletes multiple times a day. And then you're adding schoolwork on top of that. And then yeah. the normal pressures of just being a student or being a 19 year old, 20 year old kid, you know, it's crazy. Uh, give me a minute here. <laughs> I don't know how I like kind of cleanse my palate of what we just talked about during the break or listen to during the break. Yeah. I don't know how I uh, come back from that, from what we just discussed in the break. Um, and then try to do a normal type segment, but Hey Russ, do you want to know what we didn't get to today? Please. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, quite a bit. Um, so the NBA finals, uh, are you familiar with the NBA finals, Russ? I am. They just uh, wrapped up. The Russ, the NBA finals for 2022, next year's NBA finals, the favorites are out to win next year's championship. The favorite is the Nets, followed by the Lakers, Bucks, and then this is the one that surprised me, the Warriors, fourth in line. Interesting. What do you think about that one? I think that's wrong. Because what, right. what if Steph leaves this summer? Then what? Well, he's not leaving. Come on. Yeah. Where's he going to go? Lakers? Stranger things have happened. Uh, ESPN announced it's confirmed now. Maria Taylor, who we've uh, talked about at length on this show, is mm-hmm. leaving. Game six was her last day of work. There were reports a couple of weeks ago that she's going to NBC Sports. I don't know where that stands, but my guess is either way, she's not going to be out of work long. Uh, Deion Sanders is upset. It's on my list of things we were going to get to, but I forgot. Well, that's why I'm here, Russ. <laughs> Deion Sanders is upset with a reporter for calling him Dion, for addressing him as Dion, his first name, rather than as coach with a capital C. Uh, what do you think? Do you do you have you ever addressed Absolutely someone not. as coach that you were coaching? Not, not when I was a professional. So when I was doing the job in like college, you call somebody coach just because it's like yeah. it's a comfort thing. Like you're a student at the point is like, oh that's coach, you know what I'm saying? But as a adult and a professional, I'm not calling another adult coach. Cause they're not my coach. Right. Like his name is Dion. I'm not calling him coach prime. That's ridiculous. And, for, and then uh, to come in today that Jackson state is not allowing that person to tr- cover or trying to not allow that person to cover the team. And it's just like, I don't know what they think this is. Like, that's not how this job works. Like that's not that guy's coach. Like, I cover Deion Sanders, who's yes. the coach of Jackson State's football team. And I think it happens in this this in our business a lot where people take themselves too seriously and think that they're more important than they actually are. Yes, and on both sides. I think Dion has always had a little bit of an ego, but this seems off. Well, he's in an ego and he's going into a small program with a very small media coverage base. And the thinking this happens with some of these smaller teams, not just in college football, but in other sports, uh, even professional teams that are kind of smaller. Um, they think they can run everything. They think the media is there almost to work for them. Right. And that isn't how this works at all. I've never addressed anyone as coach. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, maybe a judge or a doctor I might refer to by their title yeah. when I'm talking to them. <laughs> yeah. But 
once I became an adult, my dad straight up told me, my dad heard me call somebody at, when I was like maybe 18 or 19, heard me call somebody, Mr. Something refer to someone as Mr. Something. And he's like, you don't, you don't do that. Once you're an adult, once you're an adult, you address people by their first names. You're an adult. They're an adult. You refer to them as you address them as, Hey, Russ. And I, I Deion Sanders actually brought up the point of, you know, if you call Nick Saban, if you address him as Nick, you'd be thrown right out of there. I covered Nick Saban and I addressed him as Nick. And so did everybody else that covered him when he was with the dolphins. Now in Tuscaloosa, I don't know what that's like when you're in these small college towns, maybe the media is a little more compliant, but I've always thought that when you address someone as coach, when you ask them their questions, you sound more like a fan when you're Mm -hmm. saying that that's, that's the objection I have to it. Not just the fact that uh, as much as I do respect the job and the difficulty of being a football coach, or any other kind of coach. It's not at the level of doctor or judge or pastor in my mind. Um, but I'm just, I'm an adult. You're an adult. I cover you. We're pretty much on equal footing here. Right. Uh, I'm going to address you by your first name. And that is probably the part that Deion Sanders can't live with is this idea. He can't stomach this idea that him and the media would be on equal footing in this exchange. Correct. Would you like to hear about the time I learned the F word? <laughs> I was scrambling, man. I had Bryce Young, Alabama, million dollars on my list for the rundown, and then you used it for a segment. So I thought, I'm going to tell Russ about the time I learned the F word. Okay, let's do it. So I was in first grade. Is that early or late for the first time you're hearing the F word? Uh, A little early. Okay. Uh, We were sitting in class, in the classroom, and the kid across from me uh, said something about the F word. And I said, what's the F word? Because I'd heard a couple of bad words at that time, you know. Uh, I, I used to hang with a rough crowd in kindergarten <laughs> and I'm like, F F word. What word starts with what swear word starts with F and I'm, we're whispering this as the teacher is talking and uh, he's like, come on, you don't know. I'm like, no, I don't know. And he's like, it rhymes with duck. And so I yelled it out. <laughs> I was like, Oh, and the kid, he, he immediately shot his hand up in the air and he said, Mrs. Wells, Jason L swore. Oh no! Yeah, you'd have to get that kid some straightening because that he needed some straightening. Yeah. No, that's oh my god. Well, we didn't go thirty at my school in first grade, Tony. It wasn't like uh, your situation. Should have. Um, The movie Pig, which we've talked about, I don't know, nine straight weeks on this podcast. Uh, It's an enormous hit. It's a critically acclaimed hit. Are you aware of this, Russ? Tony, I still, I still don't think there's any way that Nick Cage could deliver the monologue from the movie with as much conviction and power and theatrics as you did. But Russ, this is a hit, this is a hit movie. Multiple people hit us on Twitter. People were, te- were texting me about it and like, yo, your boy, Nick Cage. I was like, All right. Further all relax. But yeah, they say it's, it's like one of his best performances ever. So yeah, maybe we need to do like, I'm getting an Oscar for this. I think we need to do, to take a pod, a uh, field trip to the theater mm-hmm. and go see this thing. I think that we should. I think it sounds like everyone should see this movie. And I can't believe I'm saying that after seeing the trailer and hearing Tony read the monologue from it, where it's like, who can you trust in this world? What's the meaning of life? Everything is empty. Who has my pig? But you and I both work at the Chicago Sun-Times, which is also where Richard Roper works. He is an excellent writer and critic. Legend. Legendary in Chicago and beyond. Uh, and not only a good, like I said, a good critic, but a very good writer. I really enjoy reading the reviews. Uh, he called this movie 
beautiful. And the performance by Nick Cage, beautiful. He, called, he said it's rustic, poetic, occasionally funny, sometimes heartbreaking and wonderfully strange. He said Nick Cage is magnificent. And he concludes his review, Russ, by saying of Pig, this is one of the best movies of the year. I think our colleague uh, has just given us a reason to go see this. So I think Saturday, I'm free day. I think we should go find a nice theater and, and go watch this thing and give the folks a review. I would say yes to that, but I have to think about whether I'm ready for the emotional experience of what that would be. <laughs> and finally, Russ, an Atlanta woman woke up to a serval cat in her bed. Do you know what a serval cat is? I do not. You, you and the listeners. Oh, wait, 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 Tony, hold on, wait, wait, wait. You said a what cat? I think it's pronounced serval. S-E-R-V-A-L is what I have. No. What? How? No, I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Tony, do you know? You looked like you uh, knew. Does first. it mean a diseased cat? Tony, well, no, we're not playing the what does that mean game. Um, <laughs> no, that's a type of cat in the wild. It's native to Africa. And this woman in the Atlanta area woke up to this in her bed because her husband accidentally left the front door open when he went out to walk the dog. And this cat came in. She was still sleeping. The cat's in the bed. If you look this thing up, it looks like a miniature leopard or jaguar. And this thing was just sitting in her bed. And it's, it, it should not have been there in any way. But somebody obviously had an illegal pet and uh, it got loose. And that's quite a thing to wake up to in your bed. On that note, I want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, wild episode of Sports Adjacent where Jason was not prepared. And yes. And only provided um, what he usually provides on this. <laughs> as, as always, everybody, make sure you go to obvyshirts.com. Uh, use promo code adjacent10 to get 10% off your purchase and free shipping. Uh, our Sports Adjacent collection will we'll have a restock soon. We'll let everybody know when that will take place but also as jason said earlier you can go on click on our collection and do the notify uh when those, those restocks happen so if you miss it here you can catch it in your email um if you want to listen to us spotify apple music stitcher i believe you can also listen to podcasts or wherever else you find your podcast uh for give us five stars subscribe tell all your friends for russ dorsey jason leisure tony gill on the boards so we will catch you guys next week Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the motherfucker.